Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Intersex Podcast. I'm Jo Roberts and I'm your host. Welcome. Today's podcast is called Approaching Intersex, My Recommendations. In this podcast I'll talk about the common medical responses to discovering that a baby or a child is intersex and then I will talk about some suggestions I have as an intersex person. First of all, I'm going to speak a little bit about how the medical profession immediately responds to the birth of an intersex baby or discover that a child is intersex. There are two possible responses, one of them vastly more common than the other. The two responses are to either carry out surgery, normalising surgery, in order to steer that person more towards a typical in inverted commas, male or female. And the second possibility is to simply assign that person a gender but not carry out normalising surgeries until the person is old enough to give fully informed consent. Now, historically, the first option that I described is vastly more common. It has been the main approach of the medical profession over the past approximately 100 years to carry out normalising, in inverted commas, surgeries on people whom are considered not typically male or female in order to, well, the, the front that is given is to make life easier for them. It's actually not about that. I've spoken a little bit about this before, the sort of conscious versus unconscious intentions Um, The conscious intention is to um, help them, in inverted commas, but the unconscious intention is for the person that's carrying out the surgery to feel better and help the other so-called normal people in society feel better as well. I've uh, previously put my cards on the table before and said that I'm completely 100% opposed to any normalising surgeries on intersex people unless it's been decided upon by a fully grown adult, an intersex person who has made that decision for themselves once they've reached adulthood. The only surgeries, non-consensual surgeries I would be in favour of would be ones which are designed to save a person's life. The second option, which is to assign a gender but not carry out any surgeries at all until the person is old enough to consent, probably sounds fairly reasonable to a lot of people, Uh, there will be those who actually consider that that's not enough and that the surgery should be done, but many people will hear that option of just assigning a gender but not doing surgery as that's a nice option, that's a good option, that's fair, that's reasonable. I'm actually not in favour of that option either. That's still an imposition. It's still parents slash medical profession slash society imposing a particular thing upon a child who has no capacity to consent. The argument has been made that if no surgery is carried out and no gender is assigned, then that will mean that the child will automatically be subjected to ostracisation, ridicule, bullying, harassment from their peers. And whilst I cannot deny that there is a risk that that could possibly happen, my response to that is to say, fix the problem 
of other people's ignorance rather than fixing the problem, in inverted commas, of somebody being born intersex. If the child truly is intersex and there is a mixture of primary, secondary sex characteristics and hormones, then I believe probably the best course of action is to raise that child in a gender-neutral way, to give them a name which is gender-neutral, to buy clothes for them which are gender-neutral, and to let them pick their own clothes, let them pick their own toys, not influence that process in one way or another, and to involve them in that process as soon as they are old enough, explain to them why they're being raised in that way, involve them in the process, get their input. See, having an intersex child is an opportunity for those parents to become more conscious, to become way more aware and conscious and thoughtful and sensitive as human beings. It's a wonderful opportunity for spiritual and emotional and psychological growth for the parents of an intersex person. This is also why the birth certificate situation needs to change. I'm not in favour of this. This should never have happened in the first place. It should never have been the case in the first place that we have birth certificates at all, let alone birth certificates which record a person's sex on them. I have never heard one argument ever, one good argument ever in my entire life for why a person's biological sex is recorded on a birth certificate. I don't even see the necessity of having a birth certificate. Uh, I can give you a little insight into why we do have them. It facilitates the creation of a false self, of an ego self, and once a person has had their false ego self created, that then enhances a state of division within society. The ego is what creates division. The idea that there is a separate self, separate from others, that creates and strengthens the ego. Um, we live in a very ego-based society and the reason that that has been facilitated and the reason that the birth certificate situation has been facilitated is because the powers that be in this world find it way easier to be the powers that be through a process of divide and conquer. Divide and conquer is one of the oldest, most tried and tested manipulation tactics in history. United we stand, divided we fall. A people divided are much easier to rule over. They're much easier to have control and power over. So the creation of the false self helps to reinforce divide and conquer in our society and the birth certificate symbolically is the beginning of the false self. You're literally naming a person. Not only that, you are then moving on to the next most common form of division, which is the division, uh, the so-called division between men and women. I say so-called because the existence of the people that historically have been known as hermaphrodites does tend to soften that apparent division. So on the birth certificate, you've got two forms of division. First off, you've got the division of the illusion of individual personhood, i.e. you're naming somebody and you're giving them a false self. You're saying that they are a separate self, a separate person. You're giving them a, a sort of false 
name, you're creating a false self for them. And then there's the, are they a male or are they a female? And there's the, the second allusion to division in our society. So there's some little insights for you as regards to why the birth certificate exists. The next part of how I believe an intersex child should be raised, as myself being an intersex person, is that I believe that pronouns should be dispensed with. Obviously, I'm aware that a lot of people will see this as quite radical. However, it is important to note that there are a number of languages in this world which do not even have any pronouns. Uh, including Armenian, Bengali, Persian, Kurdish, Turkish, Georgian, Chinese, Japanese, Korean and Polynesian. There isn't actually a need for pronouns in our society. It just further enhances the division between men and women. And when you consider that people are given names, it becomes even more arbitrary. A person doesn't need both a name and pronouns. That's just being done to enhance a sense of division in our society. The gendering of a child because they are intersex and because so many people in our society, especially in the medical profession, are adamant that a child has to be raised with a gender, otherwise the world will spin off its axis, is not necessary. Those in the medical profession will swear blind that it is necessary for reasons of psychosocial development and probably the primary reason they will supply you with is that if the person is not raised with a gender they will be treated poorly by their peers and that is the problem. That is the problem that needs to be addressed. We don't need to impose a uh, false self on an intersex person. We don't need to impose a certain set of conditions or specifications or labels on an intersex person. What we need to do is educate people in society to behave in the correct way towards those whom are radically different to the average. We need to teach parents how to raise their children properly, to have a sense of morality, to understand the difference between right and wrong, to understand that treating somebody poorly because they are radically different to the average in some way is not right behaviour, it's not acceptable behaviour, it's not moral behaviour. If an intersex person reaches adulthood and they decide that they want to live as either a man or a woman, that choice should be respected and that's perfectly fine and they will be able to make that decision knowing that they have arrived at it by themselves and not because they were pressured into it socially by people who have difficulty minding their own business. In recent years, the only real criticism that I hear non-intersex people making of the practice of carrying out normalising surgeries on intersex people is that they may decide in adulthood that they identify as a different gender from the one they were raised as or the one that they were surgically steered towards. That's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the disadvantages of being operated on in childhood. 
by the medical profession non-consensually because you're an intersex person and if you would like to learn more about that please check out my two videos regarding my childhood medical file and you can get a bit more insight into the severe trauma that a person can go through. As regards to what approach should be taken to help parents of intersex people one of the most common suggestions is that psychological counselling should be offered and I agree that that's the case. However, it would be remiss of me to not point out that it needs to be addressed why a person would feel in need of psychological counselling in the first place because they have an intersex child and there are wider implications there as regards to how our society views difference. So it is seen as deeply traumatising for somebody to have a child that is radically different to the norm. And whilst I'm not suggesting for a second that we shouldn't offer psychological counselling to the parents of intersex children, I think it should be pointed out that the paradigm which exists of viewing having a child who is radically different to the norm in some way as traumatising is something which needs to be explored in terms of addressing why that's the case. In Jungian psychology, you would call this shadow work. Another of the recommendations that I would give as regards to how to raise an intersex child, and it's probably the most important one of all, is to absolutely avoid secrecy because encouraging the intersex person to treat the fact that they are intersex as something which should be kept secret and should be kept hidden from view and shouldn't be spoken about will forever detrimentally impact how they see themselves it will impact their self-image, it will impact their body image, it will have a dreadful impact on their self-worth and self-esteem. Encouraging secrecy is absolutely one of the worst things you could possibly do if you have a child who is intersex. And I'm not suggesting that you should discuss every last aspect of their um, their intersex status with them at like three years old or something like that. I'm suggesting that as the child grows up, you should find ways of discussing their intersex status with them in a way which is appropriate to the age they are. Now, obviously that is uh, not going to be an easy thing and I'm not suggesting for a second. And also I should point out that I'm not a parent and thanks to the actions of the medical profession I never will be, not biologically anyway. But I do think I have a few insights that I can offer to parents of intersex children and I think the number one insight that I would offer them is uh, don't encourage them to treat it as a shameful secret and don't treat it like a shameful secret. Be as open and transparent with them as you possibly can from as early an age as possible and if you have to discuss them being intersex with them, do so in a way which is appropriate to their age but raise them with the knowledge of it from as early an age as possible. To summarise, there are a number of recommendations that I've made in this video as regards to steps that the parents of an intersex person can take in order to 
help their intersex child and to reduce the amount of medical intervention which takes place. I have explained how both the practice of steering a person surgically towards what society considers either male or female or assigning that person a gender provisionally and steering them along that path are both facilitating ego identification. The problem with this is that when you very strongly identify with something, you then become attached to it, and if there is attachment, there is possibility for suffering. I have explained an alternative route to that. Obviously, I realise that some of my um, recommendations are highly unconventional, highly unorthodox, and therefore I'm realistically not going to expect that most people will opt for those choices. However, I thought I would put the perspective out there into the world. I then went on to explain how discouraging secrecy is one of the best choices that the parent of an intersex child can make. To be as open and as honest about it as possible, to have discussions about it which are brought out into the open and to approach the entire thing in as pragmatic, open and honest a way as is possible. These are what I believe the best ways are of approaching having an intersex child. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please listen to more of them. Uh, Also, please like this and consider following me. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.